Welcome back to the Gathering Podcast. I'm Travis. And I am Will. And we are here for part two uh, of Seeking God. Um, part one, we uh, we discussed some of uh, Daniel and um, a few other things that I honestly, I wouldn't <laughs> need to... I, I would need the outline in front of me, and I didn't even think about pulling it up. So uh, I just happened to have it in front oh, of me. Oh, perfect. Why don't you take the lead on this then, Will? Yeah, <laughs> Stop so, making me look like a complete buffoon. So we just kind of looked at Daniel as a whole and his, and his life and all the things he went through, but he remained faithful and strong in his faith. And from Daniel 9, we saw a few things of three things specifically that he did in his Christian walk that helped him in seeking God and remaining steadfast. And that was one, he had a Bible study. He studied his Bible. Um, and then we kind of talked about why we don't study our Bible. And, and we gave a few tools that we can use, like just making sure it's on a calendar or listening to an audiobook or that sort of stuff. Uh, number two thing that Daniel did was prayer. He prayed and prayed and prayed. And so then we talked about, well, why don't we pray? <laughs> And then talked about some tools of, to help us pray, you know, setting a regular time, maybe having a prayer person to pray with, a prayer journal, that sort of stuff. And then this week. Yeah, this week we're going to dive into just specifically on the fasting, um, you know, what it is, what it used to mean, what it means now. Yeah. Um, you know, a few extra things in there, uh, you know, having a, a a plan for fasting. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, this one's on you. I'm going to say, I, I'm not, I you don't got an outline it, in front of you. I, I don't mean it like that, but, <laughs> but I mean, uh, uh, you know, we'll put, uh, a lot of time into this one and, uh, I'm, I'm here to learn on this one. Sure. Uh, I, I, uh, I'll definitely weigh in when I can, but, um, I'm here to learn. So teach me. Well, yeah, me. yeah, absolutely. Um, so so quickly though last last month we hit a few things about fasting and how you know just in life we sometimes we tend to get out of control and we kind of need a reset um and so I brought up what's the first thing we do when something like electronics has given us an issue turn it off we turn it back on we reset it and sometimes we just need that in our lives in various areas whether it's food and appetite or tolerance to alcohol or tobacco or social media and just resetting our soul or there's a lot of things work you know we we value career work and we overwork ourselves sometimes and we just sometimes need a break and so fasting can be there, there's several benefits first of all from a just a, a physical and psychological aspect and then there's a spiritual side of fasting as well. And I would say for most of our listeners, in my experience with people, is most people have never done a spiritual fast of any sort. Um, and I, you know, prior to like five years ago, I didn't either. Hmm. <laughs> and so it was new to me, and I had to learn what it is and and. There's some awkward moments of fasting when you feel maybe you're not getting anything out of it. So kind of what's the point? Why am I not eating? But at the end of it, in every fast I've ever done, there's always been some sort of I can look back and go, wow, God did a lot more through that than I thought he was doing. 
And there was a lot more clarity I got through that than I thought I was receiving. Now, there's nothing special in the not eating. It's not like a magical thing. Because you can fast from other things. We see examples of in, in Corinthians that uh, there was, maybe I wouldn't uh, suggest this, but there's a fast from sex between spouses. <laughs> yeah, I don't see where that's In order relevant. to seek God. <laughs> I'm just saying I can, I can seek God without limiting that. And so, but we, we get this example, like it doesn't have to be food. It could be from social media. It can be from your phone. It can be from you name it. Um, fasting is, so quick definition here. Fasting is a temporary, temporary renunciation of something good in order to intensify our need for something greater. I think this is a John Piper definition. Um, and so, before we get into, I'm going to go through everything somewhat quickly here. Um, but in Daniel 9, I just want to read that again to give us kind of the basis for why we're doing this. It says, Daniel 9, 2 and 3 says, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books, that was the, his Bible study, the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of desolation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Then... I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer, that was the second thing, and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And so there are different types of fasts in the Old Testament we see, okay? Um, and I would argue that some of the fasts that they would, or some of the reasons that they would fast are no longer for us today. We don't need to fast in order to make ourselves holy anymore because Christ did that for us. So there's a new way for us to fast as Christians and to follow Jesus' example of fasting himself and seeking God. Um, and so, Yeah, go ahead. And, and also, <clears throat> um, you know, it mentions the uh, fasting sackcloth and ashes. Right. Um, the So fasting used to be a public uh expression yeah um and kind of like a woe is me look at the pain we're going through yeah yeah and it, it, it again um you have to set your cultural bias aside when it comes to um or maybe not even set it aside but just understand the differences there because um it was a cultural norm sure um so the sackcloth and ashes definitely part of um, the outward expression, um, which we don't have today. So we can still fast, but the sackcloth and ashes are now kind of, would you, would you say obsolete is a, a useful term to describe them or, uh, just simply because, um, what's the point of sackcloth and ashes if you're privately in your home fasting? Yeah, I, I don't know about the sackcloth and ashes as much as uh, I think that accompanied fasting a lot. It wasn't in every fast. Sure, um, yeah. I think that was more of a how do I show my empathy and suffering with someone? Sure. Well, I'm going to make myself uncomfortable. Sure. You know, I would hate to wear sackcloth. It'd be itchy and scratchy and, <laughs> you know, sort right. of thing. Um, obsolete, I mean, there's nothing to say that we can't do it. So, I mean, if you really want to go out and, and wear sackcloth, by all means, but I, I, in obsolete as far as 
its usefulness, but yeah, it's probably sure. not for us today. Sure. Certainly. Um, but three things that we we do see in fasting that is still for us today, and the reason that we should that Christians should practice fasting is one, it feeds our spirits. Two, it reveals what controls us. It can kind of act as a, like an MRI as a sense. And three, it just allows us to meditate on the glory of God in seeking him. And so there's going to be, I'm probably not going to read all the verses here. I'll throw out the references and stuff, but you know, Christ has accomplished um, the purpose of making us holy and consecrating us, setting us aside. So that's no longer the reason we fast. We fast for a different reason. Now you can read Matthew nine fourteen through 17 to get kind of a better example of that. Uh, he, he's saying it's a question about fasting and he's talking about, um, old wineskin and new wineskins and unshrunk cloth on an old garment and that sort of stuff. And he, basically he's saying there's a new way because the question was, why don't your disciples fast? Our disciples, our, our Pharisees are fasting. Why Jesus, sure. why aren't yours fasting? He's saying, cause I'm here. Right. I'm with them right now. Sure. There's nothing for them to be longing for because I'm with them. And he says, but there is going to be a new way, a new way of fasting, you know? Um, and so we'll get into that in a minute here. But some of the reasons for Old Testament fasting that we can go back to is people would fast during times of grief, times of sorrow. They would, and that's where we kind of see the sackcloth and ashes being connected to it. We would see people fast because they wanted God to intervene in a specific situation. Um, people would also fast as a way of showing that they were sorry, repentant, um, for sins in their lives, for something that they did. Um, we also see that uh, there, it is commanded in the Old Testament. There was one specific time that people had to fast, and it was at the Day of Atonement, which is no longer the case. Um, there is no explicit command anymore in the New Testament for Christians to fast, although we'll get to it in a minute. There are some almost like implied, like, when my disciples fast, sure. Um, so it it kind of implies that there that maybe we should be, or that there's benefit to it. Okay. Um, and and in the Old Testament, people would fast also just as a way to focus themselves on the coming Messiah, which is why we see in Matthew nine, like, well, Jesus came, the Messiah came. Yeah. That's not the reason to fast anymore while He's here with us. But once He left, once He ascended back into heaven, we as Christians we will fast again in seeking his return, you know, to be with him again. And so I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time in the Old Testament. I will, you know, in a minute here, we'll, uh, there's some Old Testament verses we will look at. Uh, but, but fasting in the New Testament, and so what I would argue is fasting um, for us today, if we look at Matthew 6, 16, it's kind of implied here. So this is... Uh, Jesus, he says, and when you fast, so he, he, there's the implied, sure. you're going to fast. When sure. you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say, you have received your reward. This is one example why fasting should be personal and should be uh, individual and not, you shouldn't go around telling everybody, Hey, I'm fasting for this reason. Hey, I'm fasting for this reason. Sure. We don't only see that. We see other places in scripture that fasting is done collectively as a group. 
Esther's a great one. All the Jews fast together for a decision that's about to be made. Uh, we see um, disciples in the New Testament, in the book of Acts even, like they fast as a group, as a church, basically, sure. um, for something that's about to happen or, or looking for guidance. And so I think people will use this verse many times to go, oh, we can't fast as a group. We can't fast. And if this is, the, I mean, if this is the reason that you're fasting as a group is so people will look at you like, oh, you're fasting. Then yes, absolutely. You've received your reward and you won't get anything else out of it. <laughs> you know? uh, but it, it, yeah. it does kind of, um, it, it's interesting to me, um, given that Jesus's timeline yeah. was three years on earth and it was noticed within the, within just three years it was noticed that um he and his disciples weren't fasting so it it kind of to to me brings the realization of how often it must have been a practice sure um, yeah just because you know I, i've known people for years and well and again it's a different it's not an outward expression <laughs> but um like it, it had to be something that was done often for people to notice in such a short public time frame that they it it wasn't happening, right? Yeah, I didn't really think about it that way either. So, um, and of course, there was yeah, you know, certain times of year that fasting was done, and so maybe they were referencing those particular fasts. Not sure, um, right? But. Yeah, definitely. And so, uh, and, and Jesus himself fasted before entering into ministry, you know. Um, fasting, in a way, can do, it does three things. <clears throat> um, for lack of better terms, it provides a shout of power. Like, like, it, like it, it intensifies our prayer life. It intensifies our prayers. It kind of cranks up the volume. Um Mark 9, 29, I'll read here. Um, this is talking about the context here is, is casting out a demon and that sort of stuff. Uh, and they've done it before. The disciples have done this before. They've cast sure. out demons and, and no issues, and it w- leaves and it works, And but this particular one isn't working. Um, and so there's, um, it says, they asked and he said to them, Jesus said to the disciples, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and some manuscripts add fasting. So prayer through prayer and fasting. And so it kind of like, so in that context is where I'm, I'm kind of thinking like it kind of, not just the prayer and in, in you're casting a demon out, the fasting kind of dials up the power, the intensity, um, the effectiveness of that prayer. And so, you know, if you can't control certain compulsions in your life, whether it be anger or lust or other addictions or anything like that, then in fasting, it can help you say no because it's helping you maybe do a hard reset, first of all, in those areas, but it allows you to declare mastery over like fleshly things like, okay, well, we need food in our lives and we really want food. If I can go without food and rely on God's strength in me and power in me, then I can certainly control my lust better. I can certainly control 
uh, my addictions or my anger better. Sure. Like there, there's just the shout of power when when you are fasting and seeking God by prayer and and uh, in His Word. I think part of it is it doesn't necessarily just intensify our prayer and it doesn't incline God's ear more to hear our prayer. But I think we are changed in the process and we begin to pray more in God's will and less in our desires. And therefore we're more prone to see it answered maybe. (laughs) Um, Sure. The second thing that, that fasting does is it kind of acts as an MRI. So if you, if you take three days and and start fasting and, and you're, you're seeking God for something or guidance in a situation, I guarantee that in that process of going without food and seeking God more in prayer, being in his word more, there are going to be things um, that God's going to bring up in your life that you necessarily wouldn't have seen. Um, So it kind of acts as an MRI. So like food is one of our biggest comforts. Like we run to it for everything. Sure. When we're happy, when we're sad, mm-hmm. when we're, you know, when we're celebrating, when we're celebrating, when we're, <laughs> yeah, like, like we're yeah. always running to food. Food's a, a big one. And it's, it's one of the things we run to when we need comfort. Fasting, what it does, especially, is, especially yeah. if you grew up Baptist, like it was <laughs> potluck every it was, week. It was a high carb and great food. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and what, it, what fasting does is it takes that one of our comforts, right? One of our biggest comforts away. And now we have to figure out sure what's going to be our comfort now. And so the, the heart and point of it is that we're going to run to Jesus, that God will come in and become our comfort for us. Okay. Um, it acts as MRI also because there's, if you read through scripture, there's always a connection with fasting. It connects it with prayer. It's always, it's always like prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. And so you got to kind of question, you can't, can you fast without prayer? Yes. I would say you're probably not going to get anything spiritual out of it. You may get some physical benefits. You might lose some weight. You might reset. You might get into ketosis. I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, you may get rid of some sugar cravings or whatever. Sure. But without the prayer aspect and seeking God, um, there's going to be no spiritual benefit. And so the prayer and fasting, they always go hand in hand together. And we need to, in, in times of prayer, when you set aside 20 minutes, 30 minutes to just, you put your, you're not near your phone, you're not near anything and you're praying. That time is special regardless of whether you're fasting or not. And God reveals stuff to you. Yeah, for sure. And so when you connect fasting with that prayer and specifically take your half hour lunch and go off and pray, God's going to reveal things in your life and you're going to get some clarity in that time you have with God in that prayer that you wouldn't have gotten when you were just eating your meal and watching something on TV. So I I would say it's it's like an added stressor. Not, not in a bad way. Cause I, like one thing we need to understand, I, I think sometimes, um, in Western culture, we, everything has to be easy. Everything, ha- you know, there, there's no, we can't have any pain. Anytime we feel anything, <laughs> it's take a pain med. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, 
We don't want any stress, even though we inundate ourselves with stress every day um, and call it something else, you know, uh, call it relaxation or whatever. Um, but when you're, let's say when you're training for, uh, let's take, you know, MSP, for example, when you're, when you're doing a training um, for a particular engagement or whatever. I, I don't exactly know your, your re- training regiments, but let's say you're, you're training for a specific, uh, engagement style. Um, you can run through all of the, um, scenarios sure. just fine. But when you add that, like just the right amount of a, a stress, um, it, it brings up different issues that, you would have never uh, thought about, never learned, and it helps you retain um, the the information that you're getting, right? So then when you're putting that into practical application, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's more a part of who you are, <laughs> right? It is just, um, you know, and the same thing goes for, you know, firefighting, the same thing goes for, uh, you know, service members and and their training there, um, that added, that, that added stressor just, um, it eliminates the ability to just go through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great analogy as well when it comes to our, what the stress of not having food or not, not looking at whatever. Um, yeah. And in that way it reveals different areas. Um, I like how you said it, it stops us from just going through the motions because I, you know, I could say a prayer when I'm walking in my car. Sure. Right? Yeah. But if I have a whole half hour break and I'm not eating, guess what I'm thinking about? Right. Food. First of all, <laughs> thinking about lots of food and the good food and um, maybe just any food because you're that hungry. Maybe. Sure. Um, or I hear a lot of people, you know, um, well, I don't have time, so I, oh, sure. I pray on my drive to work, you know, or, or my drive home from work. And I'm not saying, like, that's not a bad thing. No. But um, when you have other uh, other day-to-day routines that you're going through while you're praying, yeah, uh, I, would, I would say perhaps you're not getting the most out of it. Sure. Um, right. Yeah. No, I like that analogy. Um, so, so fasting kind of provides a shout of power, intensifies our prayers as we connect prayer and fasting. It kind of acts as an MRI in our lives and points out some things maybe we wouldn't have seen before. Whether that's good, when I say MRI, I'm not just saying like it's it's finding the bad in our life. Yes, God will reveal sin in your life that maybe has been hidden or you didn't realize as as a sin. He also gives you clarity in this, maybe for an upcoming decision or guidance in a, in a particular area. It kind of just zooms in. Um, sure. The third thing that we see that prayer does is it kind of gives this uh, exclamation of, I want you, God. I need you, God. Um, John Piper called fasting a contented discontentment because it in fasting, it forces you to find your contentment in God, not other things or food, while you're 
discontent as far as like the stress in your body, like you said, like the the going without something. Like there's a discontentment. My body wants food, but it forces me to be more satisfied, to to be more content with God. Um, trying to read what what does it say? <laughs> I have it italicized, so I'm like, is this important for me to read? Looking at my outline. Um, we are discontent because of giving up of something. That's yeah. Okay, I already saw that. <laughs> so Next. I, I, okay. That, that, the same thing happens to me. Like I've I've said like I have a hard time with uh, uh, if I have like bullet point outlines. Right. Um. I if it's just bullet points, then I might forget to say something and then I get done and I'm just like, Oh man, I didn't say that because right. you know, I just had the bullet point and I didn't <laughs> fill it in. But then when I have things filled in, I'm just like, uh, Oh yeah, I already, I already covered that. <laughs> and, uh, Oh yeah. yeah that's what I mean. Like it's like the, the bullet point made me talk about that already. So right, like right, the right. drop down. <laughs> well, yeah, irrelevant. yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, the other way that it kind of provides a shout of power or a, I want you God exclamation I'm going to read Psalm 42 and 63. Uh, Psalm 42, 1 through 2 says here, as, this is, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And then in Psalm 63, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. It, it just gives this idea that our lives need to be so focused on sure. God becoming our everything yeah. and our, our contentment, not in our food, not in the movies we watch, not in even our relationships here on earth and and so when we are giving something like that of comfort up it can just it can empower that exclamation that i need you god i sure. want you yeah um i forget how maybe i had the quote in here john piper said it great and i don't have his quote in here so never mind i don't <laughs> he he said he said it fantastic so just believe that <laughs> the saying is trustworthy. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, but I mean those vos- those verses just show us that our desire, what our sh- desire should be, and that fasting helps separate, um, kind of the spirit of this age, separate, you know, um, our earthly things from joining God. Like it, it, it helps us facilitate the seeking of God and going deeper with Him. Um, oh no, right here. Um, this is the John Piper quote. He said, John Piper said, fasting is like the exclamation point at the end of the proclamation. I want you, God. I need you, God. I long for you, God. Like we can say that in the Christian walk, right? We can, we can be in the word. We can do good works. We can love people and we can pray and we can, in all that, we're saying, I want you. I need you. I long for you. And you can do all that without fasting. And what, John Piper was saying is that fasting is like the exclamation point. It's going, see how serious I am. I really want this. I really need you. Well, and I think that that 
um, maybe that highlights why um, fasting now uh, is not the public event that it was before, sure. because you can do things publicly. You can say things publicly yeah. and not have it really be a matter of your heart. But, um, if you're, if you're fasting privately and just between you and God, like that really is telling him yeah. that my heart is really longing for you, you know? Um, and again, he know he knows these things, but maybe it's, Maybe it's telling yourself too. <laughs> Absolutely. And and that's, yes, I, I agree with that. At the same time, I would also say it's okay for a group, small group of people oh, sure. yeah, to yeah, yeah. fast for a specific yeah. thing and kind of adding that exclamation point. Yeah, absolutely. As you're seeking something together. Absolutely. But that even that small group doesn't have to or, no, or yeah. shouldn't be um, expressing that outwardly to right. the rest of the crowd, I guess. Sure. Uh, so Philippians 3, 8 through 11 says this. It says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So he, he, here he says a couple things, that everything is rubbish compared to Christ. Everything's rubbish. And then he says at the very end, I will do anything to attain this resurrection from the dead. I'll do anything to attain this relationship and knowing Christ and <laughs> dog bark. <laughs> uh, and so that just kind of helps us get a glimpse that Jesus is better than any food you could ever have. Right. Like Jesus is better. And another John Piper quote, <laughs> the way to abundance in Christ, the way to, you know, true abundance in joy would be, fellowship with Christ. And so the way to abundance is through abstinence, meaning putting some other things aside. Sure. Considering everything else as rubbish and looking to find all of your joy, all of your comfort in Christ. <sighs> Where are we at? 30 minutes. <laughs> um, For a second, you know, uh, as fast as we got through the first uh, <laughs> half or the first third of the uh the outline i was yeah. like man this is gonna be like a 15 minute yeah uh, sure right <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's just there's a lot there is a lot about fasting um and i don't know that we have it we'd have to make this a multi-part you know podcast oh sure but, sure but just some you know i would just encourage anyone and everyone that's listening to do your own research sure i mean there's there's great articles out there um great sermons out there uh, on fasting, biblical fasting, and you can do a word study search through your Bible and read on it. Um, and if you've never fasted, it probably sounds weird to fast, and um, you kind of might not see the point in fasting. And I can't convince you. I mean, that's something that yeah. you have to determine to do between you and God and the reason. 
Um, but I would encourage you to to seek God in that and whether you should do a fast of some sort, you know. Um, yeah, go ahead. So fasting, um, <clears throat> I want to break it off into two, just two different parts here. Yep. Fasting from a spiritual perspective, obviously that is something uh, between you and God and it's, it's, we can definitely recommend it, but this is something that you yeah. really need to seek God about absolutely, and do some research on and, and everything. When it comes to like the physical side of things, like there are many, there are many objections because some people think that, um, it will ruin, oh, it'll ruin my, uh, uh, my metabolism. Sure. Oh, it'll, uh, um, it's, it's breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So you got to have <laughs> breakfast before you start anything right. and blah, 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 blah. And like, oh, I can't go X amount of days without food. I'll die, you know, and, and, uh, on and on and on with objections. Um, and I will say with certainty, like I, when it comes to spiritual, you need to do your research. It's between you and Absolutely. God. When it comes to the physical, I will say with certainty, no, um, <laughs> it, you're, you're not going to ruin your metabolism by fasting. Um, however, uh, when you do come off of a fast, you should know, you know, start with clear liquids, start with soft foods and, and integrate, you know, things with good, um, uh, bio, uh, diversity for, you know, gut health and all that type of stuff. Um, so I, I shouldn't do like a three day fast and go eat McDonald's. And exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, also like water, um, water is never, uh, excluded, um, right in a fast, you like to drink, <laughs> drink yes. water, oh especially <laughs> from a Western culture perspective, because so many of our foods have so much preservatives and everything. Like we need more water. like there's less water in our loads, less water in our foods now with preservatives, um, than just a, a natural diet, holistic diet. So, um, you definitely need more water to help even just flush out and and <laughs> wash out some of those uh um foods because they they definitely will dry you out fast so water is not something to exclude um and you can go long periods of time uh the human body any any averagely healthy human body can go 40 days i don't recommend that right away no, obviously never. <laughs> never do that right away um but uh but that is like, that is like the human body standard. I know some people say, you know, you can go three minutes without air, three days without water and three weeks without food. And that's essentially sure. true, you know, yeah. um, a little bit more than three weeks, but yes, that's essentially true. So, um, so there is that physical standpoint where yes, you can. And, and yes, you can, <laughs> uh, but the spiritual, not an excuse. Yeah. yeah. The spiritual side of it all is, um, most certainly, uh, do your own research, um, talk to God, and and it needs to be something between you and him. Yeah, definitely, because if, if you're fasting for just those physical reasons or benefits and you're not filling your time that you would normally be doing whatever it is you're fasting from, then it's not going to have any spiritual benefit. If you don't have a purpose or a plan going into it, and we'll talk in a minute here, then it's kind of pointless as well. Um, 
we'll add some things in the show notes here as far as I'll put in some um, links to some articles and maybe some practical things as far as fasting. Like don't start, like you said, don't start too fast. There's different types of fasting. You can drink water. There's fast where it's liquid only, or you can drink some fruit juices or something like that. Obviously, if you're diabetic, there's there's things you have to look into with that route as well. Um, but that, like you said, that is not a reason not to fast. The re- only reason not to fast is that spiritual reason, as far as God's not calling me to it right now, sure. or there's you know that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> some some. Really quickly, some some Christian fasting purposes that we see uh, throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, we see these types of reasons uh, or purposes for fasting. And number one, we see people fasting in an order to strengthen their prayer, um, to maybe get God to listen a little bit more. Um, and so let's see, Ezra 8.23, I think I have it pulled up here. It says, so we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. So so they're asking God for something, and they just so happen to fast while praying. And and guess what? In this case, God listened anyways. Um, in Joel, we see the same thing. Uh, in Acts 13, then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So what they were doing is they were, they were seeking... Um, what should we be doing for these people? What is their work? They're commissioning their work uh, um, to God, and they did it through prayer and, pra- prayer and fasting and then sent them off. We, we see elsewhere people fasted for guidance, um, just looking for guidance for God. What's next for me? What's next for our church? What's next for our family? Um, in Judges, uh, says twenty twenty six says, Then all the people of Israel, the whole army, went up and came to Bethel and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening. Then they burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. So context here is, is they're, they're looking for an answer. Um, Acts 14.23 says, And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So here again, we also see like, not only guidance for what's next, but for upcoming work, for concern of future work. That's the reason that Daniel was fasting also, was for his people and the work um, that they were going to do. We see it in Nehemiah. We see uh, we see people fasting, the purpose for fasting, for deliverance or for protection. So maybe it's a, a struggle or a sin that you're caught in and you just need extra help, an extra dose of strength. Um, and we see people, this is a reason that people are fasting. Chronicles, uh, Second Chronicles twenty three through four. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord, so they're they're fasting and looking for help from God. Um, Ezra eight twenty one through twenty three. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way since we had told the king. (laughs) So the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. 
So because because these people said to the king, "Oh no no no, we don't need that. Our God's got us." So now they're they're like, "Oh God, you better you better show up." <laughs> and so what they did is they fasted and implored God to listen to that and to help them sure. and to inter you know intercede on their behalf. Um, uh, overcoming temptation we is a, a purpose for fasting. Um, I don't know that I opened up Matthew. Yeah, I did. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Give that. It's a long read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead and read that. And then in Luke 2, 37, we see another reason for fasting. The purpose is that it was, it's an expression of our love and devotion um, to God. And so Luke 2, 37 says this. And then as a widow, until she was 84 years old, um, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting um, and praying, prayer night and day. So it was, it's just, it's intermingled with her prayer and with worship and just um, exalting God. And, and she fasted as well amongst all those things. It's just one way that you can put that exclamation point on, I want you, God. I need you, God. You're worth it, God. You're better yeah. than these things. Yeah. Um, to, to end here, unless you got something quick here, Trav, um, just some very practical if you well, I, I will say yeah. I'm, I'm definitely convicted <laughs> oh well that's so, not my intention well so. i mean you know not i guess not convicted uh maybe more persuaded uh okay so sure. yeah um i came up with try to make it easier to remember three p's for fasting and if you put a ph or p you know f-a-s-t it's four <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe, maybe you can't spell fast with f or the p but there's there's three P's for pa- for fa- now I'm saying fasting. <laughs> there are three P's for fasting, purpose, plan, and prayer. So before you go into any kind of fast, I would say have some sort of purpose. We just went over some of the purposes uh, for guidance, protection, for future work, for temptation, for just giving devotion to God, or just for God to to answer our prayers. Have a purpose. So so. What are you fasting for? Why why are you fasting? You know, what are you trying to accomplish in this fast? That's the purpose. Number two is a plan. So once you have the purpose, make a plan, which means determining what you're going to be giving up and for how long. Like, don't just, I'm going to enter a fast and we'll see where it goes. Like, maybe there's a time for that, but have a plan. Is it a one day? Is it a two day? Is it a three day fast? Am I fasting from food? Am I fasting from all food? Am I fasting, you know, from my phone? Am I fasting? You name it. So have a purpose, have a plan. And then prayer is the third P. Fasting goes hand in hand with prayer in the Bible. If we don't spend our time in prayer and seeking God, then we're not going to have that spiritual effect. We've talked about that. Number two thing, like I, I, I kind of, I record my prayers when I'm fasting, I, I typically don't otherwise, but sometimes I will at least write down while I'm fasting, when I'm praying, if I feel like I'm hearing something from God or I write it down because then when I come back to it, it amazes me like, oh, I don't even remember that. <laughs> I don't remember God telling me that. And it's in that I can kind of see like, God, yeah, God did a whole lot more during this fast than I thought. Um, So, so prayer, write it down if you have to, um, you always go back and look at your prayers and be encouraged by the answers and how God has answered them. Uh, I just, I just want to encourage you. Um, people throughout scripture 
have fasted. Um, we see reasons to fast still today. We see that Jesus fasted. And if you are looking for something more, if you are looking for a answer to prayer, if you're looking for guidance of your future or what's next for you or your family, if you're looking just to get some extra um, strength to overcome some sort of sin in your life, fasting can be one way in which to seek God. That's it for this episode of The Gathering Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you found value in today's episode, please hit that like button, share, and subscribe. We'd also appreciate a good review. But more importantly, if you're in the Gladwin, Michigan area, please join us for The Gathering Breakfast, held the second Saturday of each month at the 963 building on North M18, where we'll have plenty of bacon, and we'll touch on this episode briefly with some more outlook from men like yourself.